0: Friends, Welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. I am your host, Ashley Van Houten. I appreciate you being here with me as always. Today's topic is a popular one. I have talked about it before. I've had other guests on before to talk about gut health, but it's an important one and it's a topic that is always really popular because... I think it's pretty universal. Most of us have struggled with digestive issues or gut health at some point in our life. Um, Maybe it's cyclical or stress-related, or um, maybe it's chronic. Maybe it's autoimmune. Maybe it's something that's really complex and layered and can be very, very frustrating um, and difficult to overcome and get to the root of. So I wanted to have my friend Amanda Carnero on the podcast. She is a Holistic nutritionist. She's a personal trainer. She's a health coach. Um, she has her brand is Raw Fitness and Nutrition. Her website is in um, the show notes. So go check her website out and you can follow her uh, at the same name, Raw Fitness and Nutrition, on Instagram. She puts out tons of awesome information. We're basically internet friends. This is how the world works these days since we can't go anywhere or do anything for the most part. But I always love following her because she is very real. She's very honest. Um, She's very personal. You really feel like you know her um, when she's sharing information with you online. She also is one of the only women I know who eats as much organ meat as I do. So we share mutual affection for liver and beef tallow and tongue and Also chocolate, so we talk about that. Um, She does work one-on-one with clients. She is taking clients. So if you are looking for an awesome online trainer, health coach, nutritionist, um, if you're working on fat loss, if you're working on gut health, those are the two things that she focuses on. she is available, so you can check that out online as well and then she has two courses that she offers, one on gut health and one on fat loss that you can kind of do at your own pace, which is amazing um, I've learned especially again during these on and off quarantines how important it is to constantly be educating yourself. I'm currently doing two uh courses myself to learn more about um, nutrition and coaching and fitness and strength so I'm all about that hashtag always learning life and she is too. So she has these great courses for you. But anyway, we basically just dive into um, the complexity of gut health and the reality that no one wants to hear that it is usually about so much more than what you eat. It's about how you live your life. It's about your stress and your relationships and your sleep and um, And so many other things and also sort of the important concept that I'm always harping about on the podcast that ultimately resilience and flexibility in your diet, but also just in your life and your attitude and your mindset um, can be a harder but ultimately more sustainable and more beneficial aim than trying to find like the perfect diet and never straying from it um, or else. You know, so she talks about how we can build some of that deep health and resiliency um, so that we don't have to stick to a crazy strict diet, most of us for the rest of our lives and how we can kind of navigate that, how we can unpack what the issues are, get to the root of the problem and fix it. Um, So I really appreciate Amanda taking the time. I won't harp on too much longer. Um, Go check her out online. Follow her. She's awesome. She makes delicious food. And she's got lots to say about gut health. So without further ado, here is my interview with Amanda Carnero. All right, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Saying offline, it's like, I feel like you probably get this a lot, but I definitely feel like we already know each other and our friends because I follow you and the way you kind of communicate online is very, I feel like personal, you know, so I kind of feel like I already know you, even though we've never spoken before. So this should be interesting. I might get too familiar. We'll see.
1: I love it. Yeah. I I feel like I try to share like some personal information too, because I feel like it helps people connect. And also like social media can be such a, like, you know, it can be a terrible place, but I think like being able to like, I'm just so much about connection. And I feel like the more people can can connect with me and then the more people will share with me and I can just connect with my audience and people like you and friends. And I think that's like the amazing part of social media. Like I was just thinking earlier today, I'm like, I getting on this call with you. I'm like, we've never spoken before, but I feel like we're friends. I feel like, uh, like we, there has to be a time where we actually get together in person and make that happen. Someday. Someday it's going to happen. It's
0: just how much patience we're willing to have. But I've talked about this before, too, with like social media. I mean, I feel like at this point we should all be savvy enough to to at least just go into these things, knowing what the pitfalls are like. Don't be surprised when you encounter kind of the worst of humanity. And don't be surprised that there's there's sort of a lowest common denominator effect with social media that can be really frustrating. But I have found like my net, like it's been net positive for me, you know, for the same reason. Like I, I feel like if you are just, if you don't kind of invest too much of your soul into it, you just sort of try to be who you are and try to meet people where they are, like you are going to find awesome people. And I've made incredible friends and colleagues and, and connections just on social media. So, I mean, as long as you don't kind of let it take over your life, I mean, I feel like it can still be a really good tool.
1: I absolutely agree. It's definitely like what you make of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like if you go into it with like a negative mindset and thinking that it's like awful and there's, you know, of course there's like a negative side to everything, but it's really your perception of it. I yep. think. Yep. You know?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanna talk about a lot of things like including just how nice your skin is and your eyebrows. Cause that's what I care about. <laughs> um, but get like gut health. Cause I know that's a big part of the work that you do. Um, and organ meats, because you're also, I think like one of the only other women I know who eats it as often as I do. Um, and I feel like we're on our own, like little mini crusade there. So I'm very excited <laughs> to connect with somebody who is as into it as I am, but maybe first, before we get into kind of details, if you could just kind of tell the audience a little bit about your background and kind of, how you came to be doing the work that you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So I've been kind of in the wellness space for, I want to say like 14 or 15 years now. I started as a personal trainer, did that, and then really fell in love with nutrition through that, Um, became a health coach and then a nutritional therapy practitioner in the last couple of years, and then a restorative wellness practitioner as well. Um, focusing on gut health and fat loss. And I work with like mostly gen pop on uh, general population, just women who kind of feel like they're confused. They don't know who to listen to. They've tried everything. Things are still not working for them. And they're just like kind of taking information from like all different parts of the internet or friends or whoever else is telling them certain things or even nutritionists that are just giving them you know, information that is not great. Garbage. And, um, Just so those are it. the people that I usually Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am flabbergasted sometimes when I hear, like when clients come to me and they're like, I saw this nutritionist and this is the meal plan she put me on, or this is the uh, advice she gave me. And it, ugh, it breaks my heart. Cause I'm yeah. like, you've been following that with not even, it's like, okay, maybe if you were seeing results, but it's like, you're not even seeing results. And then you're feeling like shit at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Like that is, that's, that is why i i do this work you know to help people give them the right information to help them actually feel good and get the results that they want mm-hmm.
0: and you you kind of got into this line at work because you were trying to figure out some things for yourself too right
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like I constantly struggled with losing body fat and just constantly like was struggling with having just extra weight on me that didn't feel good, gut issues, um, energy issues, skin issues, um, you know, all the things.
0: Yeah, yeah so how do people decide to work with you because one of the things that i'm fascinated about with coaching and especially online coaching which is what basically everything is now or just even like a new nutrition kind of nutritionist relationship or whatever online um one of the things i'm more interested in is like the psychology of it right because as you've alluded to and as we both know being in this industry it's not just about giving people information. It's about them being ready to accept it. It's about them being ready to try different things, things that may be completely opposite to what they've been ingrained to believe is is correct. Um, and I just feel like if it was about getting people the right information we'd all be healthy there's obviously so much more to it than that um so how do you start a working relationship with a potential client like what's kind of like the intake feeling out process like I'm just fascinated by this
1: yeah well I think it's multifaceted so I think well first of all I really try to build a build trust with people so when people are coming to me they already have some sort of trust. I mean, I think that's the most important thing because if somebody's working with me and they don't trust me, then they're not going to take anything that I say. And they're not really going to either experiment with it or really believe that it's going to help them. So I think that's the first thing Um, in terms of like, I, I also work very intuitively with clients. So I never, and I tell clients this all the time, like I never come on I never bring on a client and have like a list of things that we're going to do. Mm -hmm. I really try to listen to the client and see like, first of all, what they've tried before, what they're currently doing, um, what their nutrition is like, what their lifestyle is like, what their sleep is like, what their relationships are like. Um, You know, it's, there's, there's, it's, there's so much to health, right? So I, so I look at kind of everything that's going on with that person and where they've been and then where they currently are and then also where they want to be and then take them from that place that they are now to where they want to go. And a lot of the times, like, you know, it's like people, people come to me and all they want to do is talk about nutrition. They want to know exactly what to eat. Mm -hmm. I had a session the other day and we, all we talked about is her relationship, you know, and like the loneliness that she was experiencing in that relationship, which was causing her to then like binge eat and look to food for comfort and for that filling that void that she was looking for in her relationship.
0: It's incredible. Which is not
1: always what people want to hear either. No. Well, it can be really tough.
0: I mean, I, I feel like these relationships are similar to like a therapy relationship where you go to a therapist. With this one complaint that really is something complete like it's sort of like a symptom of like a much bigger issue that you actually don't want to talk about um i wonder if you do you approach it with because a colleague of mine he was explaining something to me the other day that i guess i i knew but the way he explained it and i really kind of thought about it a little bit is like the difference between so there's these like major markers of health right that we talk about sleep, stress, nutrition, gut health, hydration, all of these kind of major sort of buckets, right? Um, and some of those can move the needle of your health more or less depending on who you are. Um, but then you also have to take into account the individual's willingness to mess with those different buckets. So it's kind of like Ooh. what you're saying, right? So. People often come to coaches for the two main ones are nutrition and fitness, right? I want to get buff or toned or lean or whatever the hell, and I want to exercise my way to it, or I want to lose fat and I want to figure out how to eat properly when maybe what they really need is some sleep, right? But yeah. they're not, they're not willing to hear it. So, or yet, right? Maybe they, they want to make some other changes first. They just, they need to be kind of warmed up to it. Is that that part of it, something that you kind of incorporate too, where you're like thinking like, okay, I kind of can see what the real problem is here, but I know they only want to talk about food. So we'll just talk about food for a while, see how it goes. Like, is that, is that a common thing with your coaching as well?
1: Yeah, totally. I I think I always want to meet the client where they are, but I also want to push them a little bit. And I, you know, I don't, I'm pretty direct. So like what I show on Instagram is really, you know, mostly who mm-hmm. I am, I think. Um so I am pretty direct. So I also don't sugarcoat things. Like I pe- I tell people like, "Okay, listen, if you don't want to work on your sleep, that's fine. We can work on the other things, but it's probably going to be more beneficial working on the sleep aspect yeah. than the nutrition." Yeah. Or the nutrition is going to be so much easier if you can work on that sleep right. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I really try to meet the client where they are and you know, let's say, you know, I mean, it's, it's insane that people are like, there's like people going to sleep at two or three in the morning, which is like still blows my mind, but let's say somebody's going to sleep at two or three in the morning. And I really would like them to go to sleep at like nine or 10. So we kind of compromise. I'm like, okay, what time? And I always like, like the client to make the decision Mm
0: because they
1: need to be in the driving seat, right? Like I'm there to guide them, but they need to be making the decisions. Cause I also feel like that is if they choose a time that they can go to sleep that feels good for them, they're also more likely to stick to that. Right. So I'm like, what time feels good for you to be going to sleep? Yeah. And then we kind of come to a compromise and then we work from there.
0: Are you somebody who can go to bed at like 9 PM and then you wake up at like five 30 or something crazy like that?
1: I like 7 PM. I'm like, okay, I think it's like, it's not time to wind <laughs> time Magic. To wind <laughs>
0: I feel like people like you are magicians. Like I'm not quite a two or three anymore person um, because I just, I know better and I know how bad that is. But like, I could, I could easily do that. Like, you know, people are like, just read a book in bed and it'll put you to sleep. I'm like, I'll just read a book until the sun comes up. Like Mm. my brain, anyway, that you you can tell what one of my bigger issues is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think too, like, you know, creating strategies in your life that, cause like I just start to feel sleepy at like seven or eight. Right. You know, because the lights are off. I'm either like wearing blue blocking glasses or just like there's no blue light happening. I'm winding down. I'm trying not to do work. That's a tough one. Um, But even if I am like I, I create strategies in my life that's like it's just going I'm going to just start to get sleepy. And I think that is like what I also use with clients. Like instead of saying like this is the time you need to go to sleep, like let's start to implement these things like turning the lights off let's get off the screens let's like stop watching television let's do something else that's going to start to kind of get us more in that parasympathetic state and kind yeah. of get us to start feeling sleepy even like blue blocking glasses like I think that like can change so much for clients right yeah. like just putting on those blue- like after the sunsets like and then they just start to feel sleepy and then they're like okay well maybe now I'm not going to sleep at two or three but now I'm going to sleep at like midnight
0: yeah Baby steps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, how has the nature of your work changed with you know what's going on in the world? So I know you've been kind of going on like a bit of a world travel trip that I want to hear more about. But um, you know, have you been busier, less busy? Has has the the complaints or challenges or issues from your clients been different at all, or no?
1: Well, I will say that at the beginning of last year half of my business was still in person with personal training clients. And then half of my business was online doing nutrition coaching. Um, and now it's completely online. So it definitely did get busier in that aspect. Obviously I was still seeing, I was still seeing some clients in person, even though we weren't really supposed to, but that, you know, people didn't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think people were stuck at home and people were really like, I think they realize the importance of their health. So I think that is one of the positives that's come out of this is people are like, that's all you have at the end of the day is your health, right? Mm -hmm. So my business has definitely gotten busier through the pandemic. Um, Yeah, I think people are, it's a lot harder now, especially if gyms are closed and you're also not out and about, you're just not as active, you're not getting as much sunshine, Mm -hmm. you're stuck in the house with all kinds of like snack food, you're maybe depressed, anxious, and people tend to go to food. A lot of people to fill, you know, to help with those feelings.
0: It sounds like you're describing my life right now. <laughs>
1: because Same. I mean, me too.
0: <laughs> like, but it's funny too. Cause it's it. one of the things that I have, I've gained really some empathy for like potential clients or people who come to me too, because I, I, la- I did really well for like the first half of this situation, you know, because I mm-hmm. just let my my lifestyle and my behaviors and my consistency kind of carry me through like I was on autopilot a little bit, you know, like obviously there was stress and there were some there were some kind of crazy physiological things that were happening at the very outset when people were like is this the apocalypse, you know? And then when we settled in and it was just like oh no you're just gonna be stuck inside forever i was like this is fine like i know how to control how i eat i know how to to work out every like i you know it's fine and now as we're entering like a year of this where i'm i'm entering my second winter it's zero degrees fahrenheit here right now there's no gyms open And it's just misery every, like, you're just like, there's no end in sight. And the only thing truly, because everything is closed, the only thing we have access to is food. And that, like, there's a, there's like a shopping kind of area close to where I live that throughout the lockdowns, I can still go and buy a Cinnabon. I can still go and buy cigars, but I cannot go to the gym so this is like and it's just no sense and it's just infuriating like it's just infuriating so like i have so much more empathy for people who are like i know what i'm supposed to do it's the getting up and doing it every day because every day that i wake up and it is frigid outside and it's bad news on the on the internet and there's no end in sight i'm like this this does get harder every day and every week and every month we have to go through this. So it's an
1: absolute roller coaster of emotions. And I think like, I I think in the beginning I felt the same way. I was like, this is fine. I'm just going to stay home. I really don't like to see that many people anyway. So this is works well for me. And I still had access to a gym, but now, I mean, it's been like, almost like I mean, at least like a month, I haven't had any access to a gym and it's a struggle. And I think yeah. like people that's, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster of emotion. Some days you feel great and you're like, I can do this. It's fine. And then other days you don't want to get out of bed.
0: Was was the like kind of situation in California and just the, the ongoing pandemic, was that part of the reason why you decided to move and go on this adventure?
1: I think that was part of it for sure. Um, you know, I, I moved to Los Angeles to be an actress. So I moved there in 2005, I guess. Yeah. 2005 to be an actress. And I think like, you just kind of, it's, it's the day-to-day, right? You just are like, okay, this is what I do every day. And like, obviously I'm not acting anymore, but it's like, okay, I'm still living in Los Angeles. I've started my business here. And I think it gave me some time to slow down a little bit. And I had a moment where I was like, why am, why am I here? Also nothing's open. So really, what am I doing here? I have now the opportunity to live wherever I want to live. And maybe Los Angeles is not the place for me. You know, it's smoggy. It's dirty. (laughs) A lot of people think Los Angeles is this beautiful, sunny place. And it can be. But I was like, this is, I'm I'm not happy here anymore. And it's like time, it's just time to make a change, which is part. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. And everything has been closed down since, I mean, for almost like a year now. Yeah. Yeah. I think they opened up for like a month. So I think, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to like, I needed a change.
0: Yeah. What are, speaking of change, so you're in the UK now, right? You've been there kind of hopping around a little bit different places, Airbnbs and stuff.
1: Yeah. I've been here since November. Um, yeah, it's kind of a long story there, but
0: um, (laughs) well, what, what are some of the, what are some of the differences culturally health wise, how people are approaching this situation there. Because one thing that I was watching obsessively on your stories was your access to like raw milk and like butter and cheese. And they have like vending machines with like raw milk. And I was like, what is this amazing place? But like, again, we forget that, you know, America specifically, but North America, we have different rules and things, different things that are acceptable. And uh, it seemed pretty awesome where you were. So what's, what's the situation?
1: Well, it's interesting because in California, actually raw milk is legal. And so they do sell it in some stores. So I did have access to some raw milk in Los Angeles, but when I first came here, I was in like the countryside of England. And so one of the first things I did, of course, was like, where's the raw milk? Cause I need some. Um, so we found like a amazing farm, which is like, you can see the cows and they put their, the milk in this vending machine. And it's like, you're getting fresh I think it's like, I don't think it's more than like a day or two old. So you're getting fresh, fresh milk from these cows. You put your glass bottle in the vending machine, raw milk comes out, out. you get, yeah, it's amazing.
0: How did what? What is the process though? Because obviously they're not pasteurizing it. They're not doing all the like super heating that's supposed to like clean it, but also takes out all of the good kind of elements of it. But what are they doing? Like there's gotta be, there's gotta be some, some space between like utter to glass, right? Or no.
1: I I don't know, but I don't think there's much. Like I think, I think usually there's some testing involved and I don't know if that specific place was doing testing. Um, I was just kind of, trusting that it was fine and i was you know i I didn't get you're sick fine. at all from it yeah mm-hmm. i also think like there's so much good bacteria in that raw milk that even if i think you're more likely to get sick from pasteurized milk than you would be from raw milk because there's so much good bacteria in it that it would actually probably get rid of any of like any kind of bad bacteria that was in it mm-hmm. but yeah it's been um interesting here i mean i'm in london currently and everything is closed here which is not great but um the organ meat situation, like you would be so happy here because it's everywhere. Like you can just go, you can buy like tongue in the supermarket, just in a random supermarket. So great. The access is so much greater than it is in the States. And I just think it's, it's just, they're not scared of it. Like we are in America, at least some of us.
0: Well, I know when I, uh, when, you know, my book came out like people from everywhere, but North America were like yeah, dude, like we're already on this bandwagon. I get it. You don't have to convince me. Right. Because I just feel like every time I was like doing a podcast or I was talking about this book, there's always got to be this massive preface. And, you know, from, from like seeing the book, a big part of it is like the educational component, the sort of handholding, the kind of like warming you up. Right. Because there are a couple great, there are a few great organ meat cookbooks out there, but often they're from like French chefs who are just like here's a kidney here's some a delicious recipe that will take you 12 hours with this kidney i mean the average person isn't going to buy that and find that accessible right so instead i'm like here's a kidney it's not that scary here's how you make it here's a recipe that'll take 45 minutes like you know so um but yeah like nowhere else like in any other part of the world they're just like yeah of course we use this stuff why wouldn't we use it it's delicious it's nutritious it's cheap it just sort of makes sense. Like, I just don't know how we got so far away,
1: right? Did you, did you grow up eating organ meats or this is like a new thing for you? You My my
0: mother is horrified that I eat this way. She is, (laughs) she was like a, she was like a wannabe vegetarian until she could not handle it anymore because it was so bad for her health as it is for so many people. Um, But she, she doesn't want to eat meat on the bone. And I'm just like, get, wow. I'll eat, I'll eat that cow. If it wanders too close to me, like we're, we could not be more opposite that way. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I,
1: so no. my, both my parents are from Portugal. So I grew up in like a very, I mean, my parents were, were like, at least my mother was very Americanized. Um, but we grew up eating liver and we grew up eating, you know, yeah, pig's feet and all kinds nice. of random things. And I think like, I think you're right it's like americans north americans like we just it's just not a part of our our culture a lot of people didn't grow up eating it a lot of people look at it and think it's like disgusting yeah but if you're gonna like i just think if you're going to eat meat like you should be eating all parts of the animal especially if you want to be more sustainable and care about an animal's life Mm -hmm. which is the thing that i always talk about it's like it's not gross it's like if you're going to eat a piece of chicken breast or you know a steak Like, be more sustainable and eat the whole animal and also get a ton more nutrition out of it.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna be pragmatic about it, it's like you're throwing away, it's like you're throwing away like the stuff inside the package to eat the package. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I do try to, again, with the empathy thing that I try so hard to have every day, despite. despite reasons not to, is it is sort of, there is almost like a, a biological instinctive um, tendency to be afraid of things that are unfamiliar, right? And it goes back sure. to coaching and stuff as well, where it's like, oh, that's a different thing. That's a thing I haven't tried. I'm wary of that. I'm, you know, uneasy about that. Instead of having the approach of like, that's different, bring it on because it's a new experience. It's going to expand my understanding. And if you don't like it, you are literally the same as where you started. You have not, there's, this is like a zero loss kind of proposition here, right? That's how I try to try to position it. Cause I know so many people who are like, you know, they didn't, they haven't eaten like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like like a dragon fruit, and they're like 40 years old. I'm like, what's the, what, what do you think bad could happen to you? You know what I mean? Like, just try it. And like you said with the raw milk, I mean, I get a lot of people asking me questions about, you probably do too, about um, like vitamin A toxicity or like toxicity mm. with eating too many organ meats. And I mean, just the fact that it would be very difficult, physically difficult to eat so many organ meats that you'd, that would even be a problem. Right. But also, it's just like, that if you p- throw a hundred people in a room, 99 to hundred of them are going to benefit more from eating some liver than the potential risk of eating too much or, it, you know, having a problem with their system. You know what I mean? But it's just, people want to look for that. Well, what's the way this could turn out badly? Like what's the downside to this instead of just try it and see what happens,
1: you know? Right. And I think that also goes back to like, you're looking at like supplementation, like trying to supplement something. And then maybe that can cause some kind of toxicity, right. Where it's like, we're looking at the whole food and you're going to be getting so many different types of vitamins that are going to balance it out, which is the whole point of whole food, right. It's like, use that instead of using a multivitamin or any kind of supplementation. And you're going to be like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like, it's a whole food. Yeah. Like we've been eating these foods for ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, if I like post pictures of like a pop tart binge, people will like laugh or joke with me. Right. And if I post a picture of like making tongue, people are like, what's wrong with you? What, who are, you know, I get p- comments from people all the time. They're like, you scare me. Like you are, what is wrong with you? Like, how did you grow up? And I'm just like, really? Cause I'm eating a different part of the same animal you're eating for dinner. Like really that's the okay all right fine
1: and i I think it is too about like giving people the knowledge and the understanding of like what the benefit is for them and then taking them through baby steps so one of the things like i still do this from time to time but like one of the things that people can do to start eating organ meats is like do the um the like ground beef or some Mm -hmm. kind of ground meat that's like 75% ground beef with the organs mixed in. So it's like, it's nothing different than what you're already doing. Like if you want to cook some ground beef, like just pick this one with some organ meats in it that you're not even going to taste the difference. Right. Like let's just start there. And then maybe we can go to like some chicken liver or lamb liver.
0: I completely agree. I mean, I think, again, it's like the meeting people where they are. I told people like my biggest recommendations for getting started are if you're in a place that's that's normal and stuff is open, have a professional make something for you. You know, if you right. want to try it, liver or sweetbreads or tongue or heart, go somewhere where they know what they're doing you don't have to do any work you don't have to handle it you can just experience it and realize that these things can be delicious as well as nourishing right um have the butcher pre-grind this stuff for you you don't have to go and buy liver and handle it yet if you're freaked out have somebody else do it like make it as easy as possible um, and work your way up and you'll find one day that you can hold a calf brain in your hand and not think (laughs) anything of it because i've been there it's a trip but you know whatever if
1: you people have the resources like your book now to I mean and to to make these things and keep it really simple and that is a thing it's like it can be so easy like it doesn't have to be complicated like you said we don't need to buy like a crazy French cookbook that's going to take us 12 hours to make something like it doesn't need to be like that
0: yep if you have a client maybe you do um that's like I want to listen to everything you say I trust you but I'm not gonna eat meat Do you, I feel like I've seen on Instagram before you've been like, I'm probably not the person for you. Have you had to Um,
1: send people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll try to talk them out of it. I think, I think if they're open to it and we can, and we can, and they're, you know, they're, there's a little bit of a, of a openness to trying it. Um, then I will work with those people. Um, and a lot of the times they end up by the end of our work together, like eating all the meat and feed, cause I, you know, I, I had a client recently, actually, um, a, a male client who was vegetarian, not working for him at all, but you get so stuck to these ideas that this is what's good for you. And this is what's working for you. But obviously you're reaching out for help because something, isn't working, right? Like they're mm-hmm. having a ton of gut issues. They're having trouble losing weight. They're having trouble putting muscle on. So again, baby steps, it's like, what like what meat is the most appealing to you right now? Like, can we do eggs? Can we do some fish? Can we even do some bone broth or even like some collagen or gelatin or something like a baby step to kind of just let them know that it's okay, that mm-hmm. they're gonna feel okay. And they might actually start to feel better. And then when they trust that, then we can start adding things in. Yeah. Like some ground beef
0: for. Hey, everybody. Just interrupting the podcast for a hot minute. I got to tell you, I'm very pleased and excited that I have a new show partner and a new healthy offering for you guys. I've teamed up with a company that you may already be familiar with since they are big players in the healthy supplement world. I'm talking about Organifi. They're the makers of a line of superfood blends you can mix into your beverages, or your smoothies. They're super low in sugar and high in nutrition. Now you may be thinking, hey, Ashley, aren't you the organ meat woman? You don't eat a lot of vegetables. I'd have to say, yeah, that's mostly correct, (laughs) but I'm not anti-plant. I'm not anti-vegetable. I am just very pro-animal protein and nutrient density, and I'm pro-finding ways to add the most variety of high-quality nutrients to your diet as you can for your lifestyle and your diet. So while many people might eat salads every day, they might consider themselves plant-based, but maybe they supplement with things like organ meat pills or whey protein, because they recognize the value, I kind of come at it the other way. I like to prioritize nutrient-dense meat and supplement with things like, for example, Organifi Red Juice, which I think tastes really good. It's loaded with tons of fruit and veggie-based antioxidants. It's got adaptogens. It has things like cordyceps and reishi and rhodiola, which I'm usually taking separately, so now I can put it all together. Super easy and convenient, and it means I don't necessarily have to waste my time buying a bunch of vegetables when I'd rather eat a steak with a red juice on the side. You got to find balance, people. That's it. We got to understand at the core that food is about nutrition and fuel. It's not about identity or someone kind of being better than anyone else. It's just about finding the balance and the nutrition that you need. So Organify has a few different offerings. They've got the red juice, like I said, which is I think probably my favorite. They have a greens juice or powder that goes great in smoothies. They've got uh, Organified Gold, which is a really good calming drink like for the evening after dinner. It has turmeric and lemon balm. They just came out with some single-serve packets rather than tubs, so you can kind of bring it with you wherever you go. The quality is amazing. It's convenient, and it improves your health and your immunity, which is something that I know a lot of us are focusing on right now. So you want to try some tasty, drinkable superfoods, add it to your already amazing organ meat-filled diet, I'm sure. Uh, You can go to Organifi, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Muscle Maven. That's in the show notes too. And use the code, of course, Muscle Maven for 15% off. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions before you buy, send me a message, either on email or Instagram. Uh, I'll do my best to get you the information you need because the company is really transparent and great about answering your questions. That's what I'm trying to be about too. So that's all. I hope you try it. I hope you like it. Now back to the show. I'd like to talk about now about the, the gut health stuff, because that is a really big component, a big part of what you do. And you even have a course that's a, a new course, right? Coming out, Gut Health 101?
1: Yes. Um, okay. I don't know when this podcast will be released, but I think I am doing the lot. It's a live training and it's on February 10th, but then the recording is going to be available.
0: Okay. So, so you're yeah. Doing it once, once through with a group and then you're going to post it so that it can exist forever for people to download it later.
1: Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And going through everything, I'm still working on it, but really we're going to like, talk about everything from like the, um, function of the digestive system, which a lot of people just don't understand. We have no idea what's even happening in our gut and what's supposed to happen and why we're experiencing issues like bloating or constipation or diarrhea or IBS or, you know, back to like the skin, right? Like that is such, so tied to the gut. Like if you're having skin issues, we got to look at the gut.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if I told you about this before, but I've, I've spoken about it on the podcast um, before, like I think diet has a lot to do certainly with like, I feel like my skin has improved over the years and people are always messaging me about it. And I'm like, just drink bone broth. I don't know what to tell you. I can't get Botox, there's nothing open. That's not what's happening here. <laughs> like it's, it's collagen straight up. But when, I first, when I, we first got locked down, um, I had what I determined later, and this is probably something you deal with a fair bit, uh, an issue regulating my histamine. So Mm. I was getting like hives and like weird skin issues that I had never had before and I was like, all I'm eating is like avocado, bone broth, like meat, mm. fermented foods, like all of these crazy high histamine, but also like super food foods that I normally love and enjoy. And I think it was something wonky with the stress and the not moving. Cause I wasn't exercising. i was stuck inside and whatever it started affecting me differently. And so I had to go through this process too, where I had to reevaluate everything about my lifestyle and food that has always been healthy and served me suddenly was haywire. And I started taking, probiotics and digestive enzymes. Mm -hmm. And I started cutting out some of these things that were higher histamine and, um, the hives went away, but it it reminded me that it's like, you can't just pick like one stock. This is how you should eat. This is how you should be. And it's going to work for you and everyone else forever, you know, cause even the best plan didn't work for me under those circumstances. So it was a really interesting learning experience for me, but I, I understand why it's so like overwhelming for people too, because it's such a complex issue. Like where do you even start generally? Someone comes to you and they're like, my digestion is garbage. Like how, what's step one?
1: Yeah. Well, I think like for you, you're already eating such a whole food based diet. And I think a lot of people aren't. So like, that is number one where we start. And then, yeah, it is like, it's it's so tough because sometimes it's like a lot about experimenting. Yeah. Um, I like to put people either on an elimination diet, especially if they're experiencing like any, you know, chronic issues. Um, and again, like sometimes like I intuitively, like especially with skin issues too, like histamine, like hives, stuff like that, that is going to, that's going to be correlated. So taking those foods out and a lot of times too, what I think a lot of people do because they're just kind of listening to the internet and not really working with the practitioner is, They take these foods out and then they never add them back in, right? right? Because they're like, okay, I'm going to take these foods out and now I feel better. So I'm not going to have those foods again because my body can't tolerate them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not really the best situation because then your body is just going to continue to, especially if you have something like leaky gut, right? Like your body is going to continue to become intolerant and sensitive to even more and more foods Mm -hmm. because you're not really dealing with the underlying issue. So we need to like do gut healing for a lot of those people and then add those foods back in, in a systematic way so that we know exactly what's causing those issues. So I think elimination diets are really helpful, you know, that unlike doing like an AIP diet, um, a low FODMAP diet, those can be really helpful, but it's not the end result. We never want to like stay there, stay there forever. And which is what a lot of people do. And then they just like, you know, it's so restrictive and then people can't really stick to that either. So then they end up continuing to have these foods that are not making them feel good and causing inflammation. And then they just, you know, feel awful. And then they're like, this is like, it's just, it's not sustainable. Yeah.
0: Another fun thing about fixing gut health is that it like always takes way longer than you think it should. Yep. So it's like, I've been eating, you know, those like memes where it's like, I, I've been eating well for three hours. Why can't I see my abs? But like people who are like, I'm eating so healthy and I still, my digestion still a mess. I don't feel like I'm absorbing any of it. At what point would you like have to maybe refer somebody out to like, you need to go see like a gastro, like a doctor, you need to go like the next step up from just sort of like interventions, dietary interventions and stuff. At what point do they need to see somebody else?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the client. Um, But I think, yeah, if they're not seeing any results or they're not seeing any, um, any progress, then I think, yeah, they're, they're sure, of course there's, you know, that time to do that. I think a lot of times what I tend to see is people have done that, like they've gone through that row and they've haven't seen progress mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, or they've run all the tests. And I, you know, that's, that's always like a good thing too, is like to make sure there's nothing seriously wrong until, and then to kind of look for, you know, to look at dietary stuff to kind of, and to do some gut healing and to make sure that there's actually nothing specifically, you know, something seriously wrong in the digestive system. I think it's always good to do those kinds of tests and then to try something else. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of gut healing. It's like a lot of it is experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it doesn't,
0: it doesn't seem like, like you, you probably don't see one particular thing overwhelmingly more than the other. Like I was going to ask you, like, is it a ton of leaky gut? Is it a ton of SIBO? Is it more constipation than diarrhea? Is it like, or is it just like, it's a crapshoot. It's, I mean, pun intended. It's t- something different every time. <laughs> I did that on purpose.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I think. I think I would say it's probably something different every time. But a lot yeah. of what I see is tend to tends to be like bloating, gas, constipation. Okay. Um, and a lot of that can just be like as simple as like being able to digest your fats a little bit more. And like back to the stress, like, and and that is something that we're all dealing with just dealing with stress can have such an impact on your digestion Mm -hmm. right like scrolling and eating doing work while we're eating um just being in a stressed out state like I tell clients like you got to sit down you have to take a couple big deep breaths get your body in a parasympathetic state before you eat or don't eat like your body is not going to absorb any of that or hardly any of it if you're so stressed and then you're also gonna experience bloating and constipation, right? you could also add some supplementation to help with that. But I always like to start with like lifestyle um, tactics in order to help people.
0: Uh, Speaking of one intervention that I've seen you do and share on social media that I'm curious about is you've been known to get a colonic from time to time (laughs) and share it with your audience, which I love. I'm not sharing the, you know, not the details, but we know you're going. So, but anyway, so my thought there is like, isn't it sort of kind of like the whole idea of like doing a juice cleanse and you're like, I'm so cleansed. And it's like, no, you just didn't eat anything. So your body kind of did its thing. Like, isn't the colon, isn't the digestive system supposed to be able to do this on your own? Why are you taking this extra step?
1: yeah, it should be. Um, but it is like it's kind of like fasting in some way, right? So it's like we can have like almost like a little bit of a reset to help us kind of uh, reset. I guess. I think um, I think people use it as a band-aid approach which you don't want to do. You want to be doing all the things and then you could also do a colonic to help. but it's not necessarily like this is the magic cure that's going to help your constipation, right? I think it can help with, uh, clearing some stuff out so that you're able to absorb a little bit better. Um, I think it can also help with peristalsis. So it can actually make your colon a little bit stronger so that you're able to kind of push food through you a little bit mm-hmm. better. But again, like, yeah, it's not a band-aid approach. And like these things that I share people are like, okay, I should, I go do that. I'm going to start doing that. It's like, okay, you need to be doing kind of everything. Mm-hmm. Which is not what we would want to hear. People want to people want the one-time solution that's going to solve everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. Like I wish that could be the answer for me as well, you know, but it's just yeah. not.
0: If just getting a colonic solved everything, geez, we'd be we'd be in a much, much yeah. easier world. Um, okay, so I personally love your diet so much. I mean, I identify with it pretty strongly. I I mean, you're eating like dark chocolate, raw milk, liver, like raw cheese. I mean, just so nuts, (laughs) but, and you know, with the occasional sweet, I feel like you and I also can connect on the fact that we do have a sweet tooth. Like that doesn't go away just because you understand health. And because you, you know, eat more nutrient dense food. Like if you have a sweet tooth, you got a sweet tooth. That's your burden to bear. But you, you eat a lot of like, you eat very protein forward, generally, kind of higher fat, lower carb than the average, you know, person, whatever that means. Um, what's your stance generally on fiber? Like, do we need it? Do we not need it? Do some people need it? What's the deal there?
1: it's such a complicated subject. I think, I, I think some people do better without so much. And I think some people can do better with a little bit more. I think if you're not having any in your diet, and you add some in, it can be helpful. I don't think it's the magic cure that it's been made out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think people with gut issues uh, like SIBO or IBS, they could probably do better without so much. I also like, I, I also tend to feel, I tend to see people feeling better on more like root vegetables like fiber from vegetables, carrots, sweet potatoes, parsnips, beets, things like that versus like leafy greens, like Mm -hmm. kale or spinach, which I just don't see many people doing really great with that.
0: Yeah. Um, what, so what's, how's your like diet situation while you're over there? Like the food, the quality of the food's a little bit better, right?
1: It is like you don't have to worry so much about it. Um, I mean, I've been eating mostly an animal-based diet here, but you know, there's also like this amazing sourdough bakery here that has like chocolate croissants, and everything's made from you know sourdough and it's slow fermented and it's like such good quality. I also because I'm psycho email them and ask them for their ingredients because I just wanted also to make sure there was no like shitty oils in it or, Mm -hmm. you know, and they use real food and it's great. So like, that's something that I probably normally wouldn't do very much of. There's also this like sourdough donut place that I went to this past weekend. So it's like, I'm also letting myself indulge a little bit more because it's high quality food. So again, like it all goes back to that. Of course, like I don't want to be eating donuts and croissants every day, all day long, And I still want to eat mostly, you know, like a good protein heavy diet because that makes me feel good. But, you know, like if there's really high quality pastries and other things like that, then like, you know, I'm going to do that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get my morale where I can get it these days. Um, How long are you going to be out there? Do you know?
1: So I'm here for like another maybe two weeks and then uh, we're planning on going to maybe it's so tough right now, like Mexico or Nicaragua uh-huh. or Costa Rica, somewhere warm. Cause I'm over yeah. this, um, yes. you know, cloudy, cold weather, but obviously it's so tough because it's like, we're in the middle of like all these travel bans, And also like now UK citizens can't really go anywhere. And there's just like, it's, 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 it's tough, but I think that's like the next, the next step because I need some warm weather and a beach.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the scary thing about the travel right now is like, there aren't like, cr- I mean, there are crazy restrictions, but it's sort of like this, like looming, it could get worse. You could get stuck somewhere kind of situation, which I think right. people are like trying to scare you away from traveling. But, um, you know, you decided to like up and move away from your home in the middle of a pandemic and just decide to go sort of where the adventure takes you, which I totally respect and appreciate. Do you have any any idea of like you know maybe in a couple months I'm gonna find a new place to hang out for a bit or are you just gonna keep kind of riding this wave as long as it's fun
1: yeah I don't know I mean I think um, I think I definitely want to spend like the next couple months traveling for sure um, in different places and maybe I'll settle eventually I think I'm I'm also like this is the first time in my life that like I don't really have a plan I'm like just taking it day by day which is really freeing but also a little terrifying mm-hmm. but I'm also not trying to think so much into the future because I'm like okay today like at this point I'm like still wanting to travel and still wanting to live out of suitcase and if tomorrow or next month that changes and I want to settle down and like that's okay too awesome but yeah it is I mean it is kind of scary also because things things are changing so dramatically day to day it's like one you know one day you can travel to this country and then the next day you can't travel there at all. Yeah. So you, you have to be flexible.
0: You have uh like a European and a American passport.
1: I don't, oh. I have an American passport only. Oh
0: really? You never, yeah, so, you never took advantage of the Portuguese parents and grabbed a, another passport.
1: I, I really wish that I did before that I, before I came here, but I actually tried to do that. Um, Last year, but everything was closed and you couldn't really, you couldn't really get it. Um, But yeah, I have an American passport. So that's yeah, but you you can come like at least when I came here two months ago, you could come and stay for at least six months before you needed like a visa or anything. Okay. It's a Um, lot of learning.
0: Yeah. I mean, just kind of figuring it out as you go. Like I, I traveled basically once to the States. I have Canadian and American citizenship. And oh, was, amazing. Um, yeah. And it has worked out in my favor for a very long time. And I think we'll continue to do so. But when I traveled, like it was sort of when there was like that dip around the summer when things were like, Oh, are things going to get more normal and like I went back to New York to kind of check out the situation and like the travel was super super easy then but ever since it's like I every time I go anywhere I have to quarantine Canada requires you to quarantine for two weeks on return and like I don't want to be dramatic but that two-week quarantine you know that that two-week quarantine sucks
1: the difference like you, you can't leave your house
0: can't leave your house
1: yeah, like, like you can be on your outside.
0: property. Like you could be like, if you have like a backyard, like I was doing prison walks every night where I'd put a podcast on and just pace back and forth like 20 feet. Oh my God. That's how I like survived. But like two weeks, I mean, and I guess it, it's another way to feel grateful because even now while we're in lockdown, like I can still go for walks and it doesn't seem like much, but when that's taken away from you, you're like, is it really worth traveling? I don't know. So I'm, I'm holding off, I think until things chill out.
1: Yeah. And there's some places you don't have to quarantine. I did have to quarantine when I first got here, but we were also in the middle of nowhere, like in the countryside. So yeah. I also, I went, I mean, I don't know if I should it's say it, like, I, yeah. And I also like yeah. went on walks. There's like nobody around me. Like there's no chance of me yeah. spreading it or me, you know? So yeah, it's um, it's not, that's, that's not easy. Yeah. And there's some countries, like I just, I, I mean, I I'm trying not to go to places where the quarantine is going to be more rough strict. like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what else do you have on the horizon? Is this, is the gut health course kind of the big thing? Is there anything else going on that you can tell us about something for us to get excited over?
1: Um, that's really it. Um, I have my fat loss one-on-one one course. Um, and that's kind of up and going, um, which is really, I mean, great and so valuable, I think for most people. Um, and then the gut health one-on-one course that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And that's, that's really just the main thing. And then just figuring out where my life is going.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a big project I would imagine for all of us. Um, the fat loss one, is that not also quite strongly tied into the gut health? Like, Would you almost recommend if someone's like brand new to you and excited and want to try things, you'd almost say like gut health first, then fat loss or no?
1: I would say if you're not having like chronic digestive issues, mm-hmm. Fat loss 101 would probably be the place to start. Also, just like even if you're not interested in losing fat per se, if you're just like interested in improving your body composition or just interested in health in general, like it's a great, there's so much information in there. Like it's just a great starting point. There's also so much information on the gut there. And I think that most people, if you're not having like really intense chronic digestive issues, they would benefit from fat loss one one There's also like a lot of information about the thyroid and hormone and foods to avoid and foods to kind of add in. Um, so that I think that would definitely be the place to start.
0: Okay, this is leading me down another rabbit hole. I know we're gonna wrap up here soon, but thyroid issues is something I'm kind of interested in because I think with so many of these things, it's not like, they're not easily diagnosed, like autoimmune issues, gut health issues, all of these things are not easily diagnosed. One person could just be like, hey, you're lazy and it's actually thyroid issues, or, you know, you're just eating crappy food, but actually it's leaky gut that's been unresolved over years. Like it's so, it's so daunting, right? The thyroid issue, like that can kind of come and go, right? Like, could you be like a healthy functioning human being and suddenly develop thyroid issues out of nowhere?
1: Sure. I mean, I think like a lot of that too, can come from like chronic stress, I don't know, sleep, um, which again, like we're all experiencing. So that could definitely. And the thing is too, with like thyroid issues, like a lot of the times people are like, well, I had my thyroid tested and, it was fine. Everything was like in range. And then we look at those thyroid tests and it's like, okay, sure. They're in range for the average person. And again, like those tests are looking at the average person. So it might not actually be optimal for you. So you might be struggling with all these like thyroid symptoms, which is why I like to personally look at symptoms versus like blood tests, like blood tests can tell us a lot and they're um, they can really help us kind of like figure out what's going on. But if we're looking at symptoms, if you're having like hair loss and fatigue and you're cold all the time, like that is probably a thyroid issue, even if your markers are in line Mm -hmm. with what the average is. Mm -hmm.
0: I think thyroid stuff freaks people out too, because it makes you think that this is now something that you're going to need to like address medically. Like, okay, well now I have this, it's like a diagnosis and now I'm screwed and I have to take like thyroid medication, but that's not always the case, right?
1: No, a lot of times like you can, you can get your levels to an optimal place just dealing with lifestyle, you know, um, sleep and nutrition, like really getting in, like, again, like the organ meats and the oysters and like things that are really going to be feeding, you know, the, the, um, giving you those optimal vitamins and nutrients that your thyroid needs to function optimally. Mm-hmm. And like, again, like, and people, it's like people also don't want to, look at the sleep and the lifestyle and the stress, but I that's don't. it. <laughs> I don't. Like you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, hey, I mean who, me. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> but, um, a lot of times like that is really where you want to start. Cause that can like, that can change dr- that can change things dramatically for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I see it more as like a resilience thing. Like people sure. like, you know, it's great to have a perfect diet and perfect exercise and to have your life sorted out perfectly. But if it goes less than perfect and you fall apart, you're not optimally healthy because we need to be resilient. We need to be adaptable and flexible and able to handle what comes. And I think like having, figuring out metabolic flexibility a couple of years ago was a big thing for me because, you know, I was always like, okay, because I ate properly and I was, young and healthy and i took care of myself but like if i did something different and my entire body blew up like that's not a good sign of true health and resiliency either so i think that you know there's a lot more that goes into it but i think rather than finding the perfect way to be it's like let's see how resilient and strong we can get our body you know
1: yeah absolutely and like to that point too like i like even like last year was like having a lot of issues like with carbohydrates. Like I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor and like whenever I had any carbohydrates, because I was on a low carb diet for kind of a while Mm. whenever I was having any carbohydrates, right? Like my blood sugar was spiking and I would feel awful. And it's like, okay, well maybe that's actually not serving me because I want to be able to eat carbohydrates and feel like my body should be able to process those. Right. Mm -hmm. Like my body should be able to do that. And now I'm in a better place with that because I am kind of introducing a little bit more carbohydrate and also getting proper sleep and rest and reducing my stress and all of those things as well. What are some
0: suggestions you have for like stress reduction, getting into that parasympathetic mode that, that maybe <sighs> we haven't heard a million times before? Cause mm. I know like the answer is the answer. Cause it's like, we all know what we should be doing, but is there, is there anything else? Like maybe any other like tips or tricks that you do personally or things you find could, could move the needle?
1: Mm. Well, one thing you can do is like, have you ever tried like eat like before meal? If I feel like I'm really stressed or like can't really get my body into a parasympathetic state, what you can do is kind of massage. It's like helps like stimulate the vagus nerve. You just massage mm. behind your ears for just like a couple seconds.
0: Get somebody else and to then do it. just be even better.
1: Yeah. Getting massages <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um, so you could do that, like do that for okay. like a minute or so before meal. Also okay. like putting your feet up. So like laying down on the ground, and putting your feet up. For just like a couple minutes, it just feels amazing. I like you it. Can like, do what, be on your phone, do whatever you need to do, you know, or just breathe, read a book, things like that. That can also help as well,
0: and like that's that. really important
1: to do before a meal, so you can get your body into that parasympathetic state, so you're able to digest.
0: Yeah, I like the nutrients. Do you meditate or do yoga or any of that tradition stuff?
1: I've tried. It's just, I, I want to say it's not for me, but it's just, it's challenging for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just, I, I can't really sit still, but I think there are things that I do, like I'll go take a walk and now instead of like being on my phone, which is what I used to do all the time, like I'll even like just even put on a podcast that's like, you know, nothing crazy or like an audiobook, or listen to music and just kind of take a walk outside. That for me is like almost like my meditation and working out like mm-hmm. that, that's the way, even if it's like, you know, with a backpack full of books, and some bands, you know, in the middle of a stairwell, which is what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like, even if that's 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 my meditation.
0: Yeah. I've always that's that's been my excuse as well. I'm like, exercise is <laughs> it my is, meditation. Yeah. But I also and then you can do like the walking meditation. Like, I don't think there has to be one way to do it. I don't think you have to sit in Lotus for an hour and take deep breaths to meditate. I think there are a lot of different ways to do it. I think it's mm-hmm. almost more like the intention you have. With whatever it is you're doing you know instead of doing totally. it mindlessly because i think that's that's probably one of our like one of our bigger like privileged issues that we have is that we can do so much of our life on autopilot we yep. can eat on autopilot we can exercise without really paying attention we can just live our entire lives like not really being there and it's so easier and more tempting than ever to check out right now because things suck. So like you want to check out of stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's only making it worse. So it's, it's, it's a tough thing. But I think if we can even just sort of like build in more periods of the day where we're just like, whatever it is we're doing, we're just going to be fully there for it. I think that we'll be better off.
1: I think that's great. And also like, even just like waking up in the morning and just like taking a couple deep breaths and like having a little bit of a gratitude practice, even like one thing, you know, like that can just like reset you for the day. Right. And just kind of start your day off in a, in a better place, instead of kind of just like rushing and immediately like jumping out of bed and going to do what you need to do. Like just lay in bed for like, you know, take five deep breaths or two deep breaths and just be present. Yeah. That can be helpful for so many people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's some advice I can take. I, I don't mind. I don't like going to bed at night, but I like staying there in the morning. I'm, I'm okay. one
1: of those like yes, me too. I'll cuddle in
0: the morning <laughs> for a little bit. I'm into that. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so excited for whenever we're in the same country and we can hang out. One of the things I mostly wanted to do when you were back in LA is go to this Air because I never got to go there. And I wanted to go and buy ridiculous, expensive, fancy yogurt. It's like, I just want to and have all that. So, your money there. Cause I'm like you, anytime I travel anywhere, I want to go to like the weird health stores. I want to go to like the weird, like alternative, whatever shops and butcher shops and fancy places that do things weird and different. I'm always, that's like always what I'm searching for when I go to new places. So I totally appreciate that. Um, but thank you for sharing your wisdom and just remind people where they can go if they want to sign up for your courses. Maybe are you even taking new clients? If people want to work with you,
1: I am. I'm on a bit of a wait list. I think my first opening is uh, end of or beginning of March. Okay. Um, right now, um, but they can reach out to me on Instagram at Raw Fitness and Nutrition, and then or you can go to my website as well. My courses are there to sign up. It's rawfitnessandnutrition.com. But this is so fun. We're going to have to meet in L.A. We're going to have to both travel there now and go to everyone together. I'll do
0: I'll do whatever it takes to (laughs) get somewhere sunny and hang out and buy some expensive yogurt. Okay, last question, last question before I let you go. What is your go to favorite organ meat recipe that you would recommend to anyone?
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, I, I keep things so simple, like so chicken liver.
0: Mm -hmm. sauteed
1: in ghee or butter with salt. Like, honestly, like that's, that's, that's like, does it for me.
0: That's all you need. Literally. I mean, that, that was all I did until I had enough people asking me, like, how do you make it? That I was like, I guess I'll create some recipes. And then I wrote a book, but I'm like, you don't need to, you just put it in some delicious cooking Mm -hmm. fat and put some salt on that thing. The same way you'd like, you know, you don't need to make a steak fancy, right? You just cook it a little bit, put some salt and butter on that thing. (laughs) Yeah. simple.
1: I need to make your liver pate. That's on my list of things to do.
0: It's a popular one. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. probably, and that's the one like when people buy the book, first of all, they usually make like three or four like dessert recipes because they're scared to dive into the organ meats. But then when they do, I'm like, just do the chicken liver mousse. It's so easy. It's mostly butter. It's delicious. Okay. Oh, yes. It's, I mean, that one's a crowd pleaser. So yeah, definitely check it out and let me know what you think.
1: Okay. I will.
0: All right. Enjoy the rest Thank of your day. You, okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. That's it for today. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again to Amanda for coming on and chatting. It's long overdue. We've been internet friends for a really long time and uh, I enjoy following her a lot um, because I think she's another person out there who's really, really trying to help people uh, and also is not afraid to kind of tell it like it is, you know, and talk to her clients and potential clients, um, with honesty and truth, uh, whether it's fun to hear or not sometimes. So I appreciate her coming on and thank you again. Thank you to our show sponsor Organifi. Um, don't forget that you can get 15% off with the code Muscle Maven. If you go to organifi.com forward slash muscle maven, the link is in my show notes. It's O R G A N I F I. And they make really, really nice, nutrient dense, nice tasting superfood powder uh, to put in your smoothies and drinks. Um, and it's great, especially for those of us who are a little bit more animal based, who are probably still getting more nutrient density than most people. Um, but you know, sometimes you want to get some of those antioxidants and some of those adaptogens from the vegetables and fruits and mushrooms and all the tasty things that we may not be eating enough of. This is a great way to do it. So again, Organifi.com forward slash Muscle Maven, Muscle Maven for 15% off. Check it out. Join me next week because I have a very special announcement about a truly one-of-a-kind program that I'm launching with a friend of mine. Spoiler alert, it's about muscles and training and nutrition and mindset and all of those things, but it's more in-depth, more intense, more research-based, more interactive uh, than anything I've ever done before and anything that I've ever really seen before in um, this kind of specific area of fitness. So join me next week while I talk about it. You can learn more about the program. And as always, if you like what I'm doing, please share it. Please leave a rating and review. Please spread the love, spread the word however you can, because that's the only way I can keep this thing going. So thanks for being here. I'll see you next week.